I'm Jacob. And I'm Jessica. Welcome to Clue Done It, the podcast where we make wild guesses about fake TV crimes. Without any clues, context, or apparently accuracy. All right, let's find out. Who was right. Who was wrong. And who is dead. So, all right, what are we doing this week? This week we are watching Psych Movie 3. Dun, dun, dun. Called... This is Gus. This is Gus. It sounds so lovely. It sounds like there's going to be tears. Yes, I think there might be. I don't know. I I don't know for sure. I think there are going to be some moments. I've seen some pictures that have some real feels in them. All I know is whenever I watch an episode of This Is Us, I cry at least three times. Yeah, for sure. It's all very sad. (laughs) Yes. So yes, we are are revisiting Psych. Yes. Our very first inaugural episode, we did a Psych episode, and now we are returning to the wonderful world of Psych. Could there be a Psych theme park, like the wonderful wonderful world of Disney? Could we have like a wonderful (laughs) world of Psych? Well, you know, they have a bunch of books. Do they? Yeah. Oh my God. And some plush toys and candy and everything else. Oh my God. What? Okay, so psych candy. Oh my God, there should totally be psych candy. They're obsessed with candy in this show. Yes. All the time. All the time. So before we jump into everything here, why don't you give us a little catch up? I mean, the show is eight seasons long and now three movies. So things change even in TV land. So yeah. catch us up. Where yeah. are we at? Yeah. So James Rodre- Rode Rodriguez, and he just added the Rodriguez. I mean, he'd always had the Rodriguez, but when he joined the union, there was already a James Rodriguez. So he left it off and went by Rode instead. And in the past couple of years, he has added it as, as a third name. So he's three names. Uh, he plays Sean Spencer, right, the, the, the psychic, psychic, quote unquote. Who's just a really good detective, it turns out. His dad was a police detective and took him even into a courtroom when he was a baby in order to teach him how to be observant. And you see that in the very pilot episode, too, that Sean has been constantly taught to be right. observant. Tortured, and, practically. Yeah, yeah. He's got a bad relationship with his father. It's very, it's, well, I mean, again, things change over eight years, but at the very beginning, yeah. it's very tense and standoffish. Very, yeah, exactly. And so that's where he's gotten these powers where he calls himself psychic, but it's just that he's like super duper observant, sort of like Sherlock. Holmes and his partner, it's a team duo, right? Uh, is played by Dulé Hill, who's famous for all kinds of things, including West Wing and lately Suits and some other stuff. His character's name is Burton Gus. Gus is a pharmaceutical rep, and that makes him sort of adjacent to doctors, and so he's sort of like a Dr. Watson right, right. from Sherlock Holmes. Uh, so there's Sean and there's Guster. Who else Yeah, we And then we also have Carlton... Lassiter, or Lassie, who is played by Timothy Omenson. He's a detective, and in He was this, one who was skeptical of he, them at the beginning. Very skeptical, similar to... Lestrange. Lestrange in Sherlock Holmes. Incidentally, the, the series. whole series premiered in 2006, and it ran until 2014. And the creator has been quoted as saying that he wants to make five movies the psychiverse yeah the psychiverse so just before they were starting i mean just before they were starting the first movie Uh timothy amundsen the actor unfortunately suffered a massive stroke um, and had two surgery massive surgeries because of it and lots of physical recovery not in the home and as a result they had to quickly rewrite the first film and then as a result of Again, his experience and, you know, he's part of the whole family in the second movie. It's sort of all based around him and his character, Lassiter, which who who apparently was shot and suffered a stroke as part of his character. So in the second movie, he is laid out recovering from a stroke that he had on the job, his character, but he is in fact, as a person, also recovering from a stroke. And his character, in a, I mean, before the stroke, at the end of the show, he is, his character had like ascended to be police chief in Santa Barbara as well. Yeah. So he's still police chief. Great. That's where we're at with yeah. him. In the first movie, we also meet a very important character named Selene, who becomes Gus's fiance. Mm. And she is pivotal to the mystery that we are going to be watching today. 
And then also we have two other regulars. We have Maggie Lawson, who is a police detective who in the seventh season or the eighth season, she moves up to San Francisco to join her chief, Kristen, played by Kristen Nelson, her chief from Santa Barbara, who was summarily dismissed supposedly in the seventh season because she and her staff had bungled a case in Santa Barbara, but somehow she gets to become chief in San Francisco and that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. So, 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 and so she steals uh, Maggie Lawson's character, Juliet, to come with her to San Francisco and be her detective there. So Juliet goes up to San Francisco and yeah. as well at the end of the TV series is Sean and Gus also move up to San Francisco mm-hmm. as well. So they're all based in San Francisco. Yep. Lasseter is still down south. Mm-hmm. Corbin Burnson, Sean's dad, mm-hmm. is also still down south in Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. Gus is engaged. Mm-hmm. Juliet and Sean are married? Also engaged. Engaged. Oh, no, they are also married. They're married. Um, Got it. Okay. Great. So now we're up to speed. And uh, oh, we're we not. also find out in the second movie, as well as being engaged, Gus and Selene are going to have a baby. She is pregnant. She is pregnant. And we find that out at the sort of uh, big climactic moment. moment in the second movie. And then we also have recurring characters, Kurt Fuller, who is the coroner, who also has moved to San Francisco and is a coroner <laughs> this is for San as Francisco ba- This is almost Department. as bad as Happy Days when half of Milwaukee moved to L.A. for the final season. Oh, I'm sorry. That wasn't <laughs> Happy exactly. Days. That wasn't Happy Days. That was Laverne and Shirley. Oh, okay. Well, it's Laverne exactly the yes. same thing. <laughs> I just want to say a couple of quick things also that are fun setups for this. Sure. This show had over 120 episodes right. in its, and now we've got three movies, hopefully two more. This episode, or this movie that we're going to be watching was filmed in 2021. So not only did the whole crew have to really pivot or wanted to pivot in order to accommodate Timothy Amundsen, they are now dealing in this episode, in this this movie. movie with the challenge of COVID. And so in this episode, you do, or movie, you see a lot of fun <laughs> things where you're like, I don't think the people in the background are actually acting in this scene. I think they actually are going through motions and just being filmed and then they're being put in as green screened, screened in. in. I, I want to jump in here. I also want to say, I'm going to start a drinking game to yeah. how often you say episode instead of movie. Oh, please, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm get, uh, I will get lit before this podcast yeah, is over. Yeah, yeah. But before we move on, the... Yes, tell us the logline. The logline of this episode. Ah, drink! It. Okay, fine. Oh my God, <laughs> drink. We're going to be so drunk. Okay, The logline of this movie, in preparation for a shotgun wedding before the birth of baby Guster, Sean and Groomzilla Gus go rogue in an attempt to track down Selene's estranged husband as Lassiter grapples with the future of his career in Santa Barbara. There we go. That sounds good. Okay. Let's just dive in. Let's uh, visit sunny Santa Barbara, a.k.a. Vancouver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll be right back with some guesses. All right. So all singing aside, you may or may not have heard the singing. All singing aside, it's time for some guessing. I don't know how much of a recap I need to do here for the guessing because it really does just set up the log line. Yeah, this. yeah. It was very so we're going to uh, we're going to give you a little bit of a recap so you're all where we are. By the way, so there isn't it doesn't seem perhaps we're wrong, but it doesn't seem as if there's going to be a murder mystery in this one. No, no. I mean, th- we might come up with a body, but we watched all the way through the title sequence on this and there wasn't a body. And like the logline said, it was kind of about finding out who this person actually was. So I, I, I don't think the body is going to be the point. So we're just stopping with the we're stopping with the title sequence. We consulted with the crack team, the podcast adjudication board in New York. <laughs> They're getting sick of our calls, but it's okay. We've got the premium plan. So we consulted <laughs> with the team and we're going to do it. So here's, here's a little bit of a recap. Here you go. So we open up in sunny Santa Barbara right at the steps. Actually, okay, before we even open up, I have to point out that the coming into all of this, I don't know if it's just cheekiness or chutzpah, but 
they give Psyche kind of the Marvel treatment. Yes, Do you know they how- totally <laughs> did. It was hilarious. So you know how like in a Mar- in any kind of like Marvel TV show or Marvel movie, they do the yeah. whole thing where they show some they show some characters and then they flip through characters quicker and quicker and like the char- as the characters it kind of like somehow becomes this bas relief Marvel logo, Marvel yes. Studios logo. They did the same thing with Psyche. I loved it. I was like, chef's kiss. Well done. Instead, yeah. And instead of the Marvel red, it it was was, the psych green green and the psych font. And yeah, it was really, really, I was like, what's going on? Oh, (laughs) so (laughs) it started with a joke because that's just what they do. Anyways. Okay. So you start up there and you, but when we finally actually start, you're at the exterior of the San Bernardino police department, a killer is being brought into justice, a lawyer's protesting that he can't be booked, but before they can bring him up the steps into the police department, Lassiter steps into view at the very top of the steps to the police department. It has this dramatic reveal that the suspect is not the killer. It's the lawyer who's actually the killer. And he's looking very dapper. Yeah, he is. He really he looks like looking, steampunk. He looks very he looks very steampunk in Victorian. He's got like this cane with a silver handle head yeah. on it. And he's wearing like is it a purple suit? It looked like a purple and suit. Blue or purple. Blue or purple. But like it was a three piece though. The best, suit, the best and, and all kinds nice of little, ornate like, stuff on the the um pocket. Yeah, he has a pocket handkerchief coming out and like he has a magnificent beard and mustache. Yes. Let's like it is I I'm not sure if it's a handlebar or not, but it is it is magnificent. Anyways, yeah. Good. It, was, it was it was kind of heartwarming. It yeah. was nice to see him come on and just be like, hmm, hmm, hmm. And he's standing up. So, he's standing up, yes. And the music they played, you know, you just it's were a, like, oh, yeah. there he is. <laughs> it's a very dramatic reveal. It's a lot of fun. Which he then, you know, kind of goes off script by yelling about empanadas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because it turns out, of course, that like he's saying that this the suspect couldn't be the killer because of all these reasons. And actuality and is you're the like, lawyer. And you're thinking like... This is weird. This is a little he's weird. Noticing all of these things all about tire tracks and, and tattoos, t- tattoos, and, and this doesn't sound like anything he would ever notice. Yes. So then, he's, when he starts talking about empanadas, <laughs> you're like, wait a minute. And yes, sure enough, in the behind some bushes next to the building, Sean and Gus are there, and they're doing the whole Cyrano de Bergerac thing, where they're speaking into a microphone, which Laster has a radio in his ear. And- Gus, be quiet. I know it's not on the menu. But an empanadarito is not an unreasonable request because they have made it for me in the past. Nope, nope, I won't do it, Sean. Their tortillas cannot support the filling in the weight of a pastry shell. I'm not going to walk up to the takeout counter looking like an amateur, especially when they have one more hole left on my punch guard. Gus, don't be Adrian Brody's last breath in the village. I am trying to break down Lasseter's case here. Will you kindly suck it? You suck it. But of course, they've screwed it all up because they're arguing over their Mexican takeout order and yes. how they, like whether or not Gus can it's like a tortilla wrapped in an empanada or an empanada wrapped in a tortilla it's very convoluted and it's hilarious. called an empanaderita like a burrito <laughs> or burrito wait wait empanaderito empanaderito yeah. Well, whatever it is, it sounded delicious, and they definitely <laughs> wanted one. <laughs> yeah. But that's how that scene ends. Lassie just has them book the lawyer and the suspect, and they'll figure it all out later. I don't know. Like, do you? I, I'm thinking about getting a cane. Could I rock a cane like that? Oh, for sure. Awesome. <laughs> but I wonder if they they probably dressed him like that because they were like, well, if he's gonna have to have a cane, then we're just gonna go for it. Yeah. Let's make this. Let's make this worthwhile. Yeah. yeah absolutely. I like that that they. They really dig into male cliches, or not cliches, but like tropes. They just tropes have and so much, kind of things, yeah. yeah, that are just all these non non toxic masculinity things, like all the fun things about being a dude, or that are related to <laughs> dude the dude world. We're just gonna note it and move on, and just here to have fun. So after the event. After the event, they drive Lassie home, and it's very sweet. He asks, for, for whatever reason, they're now driving a driving school car. So, Well, that shows up earlier. In does it? Some, I think it is actually in... It's in one of the other movies, or even in the TV show. Regardless, they bring, it, they bring they ha- it back yeah. so that Lassiter can get to sit in the driver's seat, even though Sean will be next to him in the passenger seat yeah. doing all the driving. As they're driving Lassie home, it's a bittersweet because he's he's worried about losing his job and he needs them to come back down to like help him prosecute this case and put these people away. And they're like, no, man, we can't we can't keep doing this anymore. We can't keep coming down. Our life is up north in San Francisco. And besides, Gus is going bonkers over his wedding planning, and he really is. This whole entire time that they're doing this, he has been in the back seat obsessing over 
not just napkins, not even napkins, but napkin holders. Yeah, nap- napkin rings. <laughs> napkin rings. And I, the whole time I was like, what is he looking at? Because it kind of looks like bracelets. Yeah. Or like something to do Some, in like, a pipe machine, fitting. Yeah. pipe fitting or something. And then it's... <laughs> It's napkin rings. And I was like, oh, that's good. That's very good. That is so precise <laughs> of a thing. I, I just remember that when, when when we were getting married, when we were preparing for our wedding, all I remember is that I was going to die on the hill that we needed to have assigned seating. I had to be talked down from assigned seating you from d- multiple yes. friends. Yes. So, I don't know. what did, did you lose your mind over anything in the wedding? You lost your mind over my tuxedo in the wedding. Yeah. Well, I wanted you to be wearing a vest that kind of like matched my dress. There you go. A so, little bit. A little bit. Or so. it was in the colors of the wedding. <laughs> that is the colors I of the can't wedding. I remember what you were you chose, but I was I like, think I that chose, matches nothing. I think I chose red. I chose red or blue or something. It's something, and and you were like, nope, nope. Our colors are orange and taupe. And <laughs> go back and serve it. Find it. They weren't. It wasn't it was taupe. Orange it was an taupe. It was red and like. No, it wasn't a, red. It was orange. Yeah, the girls, the 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 women were wearing. You're red right. You're right. Satin, the ladies and were red. The and the little girls were wearing pink. And then the, and yeah, my dress was not white. It was like a creamy color. And yeah, you ended up wearing a vest that was that same creamy color. And we matched and it looked good. <laughs> maybe, I have to say. Maybe we'll share a photo. <laughs> <laughs> In any event, they drop off Lassie and then they go and, but Sean is concerned about Lassie and wants to help Lassie. So Sean goes to see his father and asks his father to help out with the Lassie case. And his father's like, I can't do this. I'm too old to be playing Cyrano. You can't be playing Cyrano. Lassie has to be able to face this on his own. But also, Sean reveals to his father that he's a little worried that he's growing distant from Gus. Yeah. And his father, being the typical, like, foreboding, doomsaying, dour man that he is, he's just like, well, yeah, your friendship's over. Gus is about to become a dad and your friendship is going to disappear down the down the kid hole because as soon as you have kids you can no longer be friends yeah. which like he says it like he says it caringly to Sean he's just like this is just a fact of life you're just going to have to accept yeah. this but like saying it out loud I'm like wait a minute is that true or is that not true like have we lost friends because they've had kids I think it's really hard when it it is really hard for for people who don't have children and it well yeah I think it is hard like we have pl- lots of friends in the Bay Area that I mean we get Christmas cards from them and we love them but we don't talk we haven't to, talked them to them or seen because them, yeah. they have kids I mean it's, but I don't know if it's because we have kids but we, but but we but moved but I know that this is a thing it is like I mean, we'll, when we'll, somebody gets married you're like right. oh and if you're a singleton you're like oh well I'm never going to talk to them again and then. If they, yeah, and then if they have kids, then you're like, oh, well, it's over now. We will never have a conversation or string two sentences together. I I do also want to point out that we do also have several friends who do have kids that we are still, in fact, friends with. Yes, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, totally. So it's not impossible, but like... Man, Corbin Burnson is just really down on this, and it's it's Shakespeare. Well, he says, he he says, you'll find a way. He said, if it's a, you know, a good friendship, you'll find a way. He does end on that note. But okay. he does acknowledge those realities that it's just really hard. Well, in any event, Sean is worried. Mm-hmm. Sean is worried he's losing his best friend Gus. And he talks about this in this very great montage where you mentioned that like they you feel as if they're like green screening people in the background. Yeah. But they go through this montage of all these wedding prep and child prep things like they get an explosive device for the gender reveal at a place called and I love this. The place is called Boom 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 Baby. <laughs> I love that. And then they go cake test cake tasting at a place called Bunt Force Trauma, which is <laughs> fabulous. And somewhere in there, I forget where it was. I'm not sure if it was at the florist or the cake place. Somewhere in there, you noticed that there was a wall that was just plastered with pictures of a bulldog, like the Georgia Bulldog. Yeah, that was when they were getting measured for their suits okay. for the wedding. Fair enough. But throughout this whole montage, we just get this, we get the we get the sense of just the huge amount of stress that Gus is under because he's trying to make his family happy about like being getting a traditional wedding and have this baby baptized. He's trying to do this for his family, but he can't really plan anything because Selene hasn't actually gotten divorced yet. And because she hasn't gotten divorced yet, they can't plan anything. He doesn't want to get involved because he wants to... He, 
trust her and believe that she will take care of this as she says she's going to take care of this, but it's really stressing him the frick out. And of course, Sean looks at all this and now that Sean is feeling insecure, he kind of like needles a little bit that you're sure she actually wants to get married? And Gus kind of loses it a little bit and like, yes, yes, we're doing this, we're getting married. I'm just a little concerned about her not getting divorced. Yeah. So what does Sean do? He's a very helpful, not helpful friend. They immediately go back up to San Francisco. And the first thing he does is he goes and visits Juliet at the police department. And Juliet is like, no, there is no way I'm doing a background check on her. I am in line to be the godparent to their child. And I am not going to mess it up by doing a background check on her. So Sean goes over her head to the police chief. And the police chief is like, no, I'm not going to do a background check on her either. But I'm going to leave my office and I don't know what you do in here. I can't stop you from doing things. So she leaves and Sean goes ahead and does a background check on Selene and finds out that Selene doesn't actually exist. It's not a real name unless it belongs to, uh, what, what is it? There is an 86-year-old man in Georgia who is, has a Selene Gilmore name. Yes, so her last name is Gilmore. Her last name is Gilmore. So Selena Gilmore either doesn't exist. Like the Gilmore girls. Like the Gilmore they girls. They made a reference also, to that. Yes. yes. So either Selena doesn't exist or she's an 86-year-old man in Georgia. That's how we end the first act teaser, whatever you want to call it in this movie, not episode. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so there we go. That's what we know. Just like it said on the tin, on the log line. We're going to try to find out who she was. Not a dead body, but we still have to guess who she is and what her motivation for all this is. Yeah. I got nothing so far except for the fact that maybe she just liked popcorn a little too much and they had to like get her out of Georgia because she was eating up all the popcorn. What? I know. It makes no sense whatsoever. That was literally just the first thing that popped into my popcorn brain. Popcorn is... Is that... It has nothing to do with anything oh, other okay. than literally some Dada words that came oh, into my brain. all right. Okay, okay. <laughs> I have a guess. Mm. Wild Please, guess. Please, anything and, is going to be better than my popcorn. Um, It's not really well formed, but knowing references to Sherlock Holmes mm-hmm. and the fantastic show Sherlock out right. with Benedict Cumberpatch and... Shoot. The guy who played Watson. Not Martin Freeman, is it? Yeah, Martin Freeman. There you go. Benedict Cumberbatch, Martin Freeman. I am going to guess that she is in the CIA. Oh! Like she, okay. Mary. Like, like Sorry, spoilers. <laughs> if you haven't watched Sherlock, uh, Mar- John Watson's, Watson's wife, wife ends up being and an MI5. mother of his child, it turns out. Well, I guess I read that she was actually in the CIA, not oh. MI5. Oh, well, not even. Um, she's at a any rate, agent. She was a secret agent. Former secret agent who then became a nurse for him at his practice, and that's how they met. Mm. So, yeah, I think she is CIA, or maybe she's MI5. Okay, so you you think that she's, okay, secret agent. But oh, why we- is she married to this person that we're going to meet, and then why doesn't she want oh, to be oh. unmarried to him? Oh, I bet. Oh. I, 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 think you, I think you're onto something here. If she's a secret agent and she's under deep cover, maybe she's under deep cover, and if she gets divorced from this guy, like she can't get divorced from this guy because it will blow, somehow blow their deep cover and put both of them at risk. And I bet he dies two-thirds of the way through the movie. Oh. And maybe she ends up looking like a suspect of having killed him. <gasps> Whoa. This is your guess. I'm just building off your guess. I like it. I like it. But then how are we going to score this? I don't know. Well, well, it's a movie, guess. so a... it's out of the whole realm <laughs> no, anyway. Wait, wait, it doesn't wait, count. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I'm the one who yells about points, not counting. <laughs> I like that. I like that. So secret agent can't get... Yeah, and that's why... She yeah, can't... it's like the Americans. Oh, Yeah. So she's like some foreign... She's like a foreign agent. She loves America. She loves Gus. She wants to marry him. She wants to leave the secret agency that she works for. She's trapped in this life. And so she can't divorce her husband, her current husband, because she's not really married to him anyway. They're just secret agents together. So it's like the Americans crossed with Sherlock Holmes... Or Sherlock. Right. The show Sherlock. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So the Americans mm-hmm. cross with... I was trying to think of another thing that we could cross it with, like a platypus or something. It was, <laughs> but I, I've got nothing. 
Okay, yeah, I like that. Secret agent. That's very good. Very plausible. Especially for this show. Oh, another thing. Yes, oh my gosh. I will say that that layers on and makes this more interesting is that, which is like a a hat on a hat on a hat kind of thing. Sure, give us all the hats. So in the Americans, the two lead characters, I can't remember the woman's name, but the actor is Matthew Reese. Yeah. Uh, He and that actress are actually married in real life. They are a couple in real life. They met on set. You're right. The man actually falls in love with his secret agent wife, character wife. And anyway, so the reason why I'm saying this is because Dulé Hill, the character who plays Gus, Mm -hmm. is actually married to the woman who is playing his fiancée, Sela Selene. Selene. He is actually married to Yasmin Simon. Interesting. Carrie Russell, by the way. Carrie Russell. Matt I knew Reed. it was Carrie. Carrie. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't remember the last it's name. It's all good. So yeah, lending a little credence to that. Okay. Maybe. Sure. I would not I would not put it past Psych to do something so meta with this. And you know what I mean? I would absolutely not put it past them. Okay. Okay. Oh man. So my popcorn gas is looking worse and worse by the minute. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so you've got Secret Agent. I don't think, despite the Marvel, and despite despite the Marvel, I don't think it has anything to do with superheroes. Because mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to break the world that much. So no superheroes. But I do think it has something to do with Georgia. Because there was the mm-hmm. Georgia Bulldog. The, yes. The guy is in Georgia. I wonder if they have to go to Georgia. I bet they won't. I bet they won't actually go to Georgia. Maybe they will. Or they'll pretend to go to Georgia. But I bet Georgia has something to do with it. And what do we, is there anything about Georgia that we could, like, maybe she's involved, like, maybe her husband is actually Jimmy Carter, and she's actually secretly married to Jimmy Carter, and she can't divorce Jimmy Carter, because that would just cause way too big a scandal if that ever came out. Uh. (laughs) The stunned look in your face, you have no idea what to make of that. Yeah, that's not a good idea. That's not a good, that's not a good one. So, secret agents, mafia... Flight attendants, deep undercover astronomy. She could be, okay, they met in an observatory. She does not think that Pluto is a planet, but Gus does think that Pluto is a planet. Gus wants Pluto to be a planet. I bet she is, I'm going to go with, she was part of the team to make the James Webb telescope work, but she broke a mirror and had to leave because a it was seven years of bad luck as well as millions of dollars and years of delays on the james webb telescope so she had to leave and she couldn't possibly go back to face them at the nasa observatory and in fact some very die-hard astronomy groupies have it out for her and if they ever discover where she is they're going to kill her for stopping them getting their look into the vast reaches of space. Wow. Yes, that is wow. that is what I'm going with. So because honestly, to... I like your spy idea. <laughs> <laughs> she had to change her name. She had to change her name, change, had to change everything about so her. Or, or even yeah. simpler, she had to change her name because she was one of the lead, lead astronomers who demoted Pluto. And she's just <gasps> like, people like you are coming after me all the time. Oh, so I say she's mm. I say she's an astronomer in hiding. I'm going to I'm going to yeah. I'm going to leave it. I'm going to I'm going to stop there. I'm going to leave it a little up for grabs, whether or not it's Pluto, whether or not it's a James Webb telescope. But I say she's an astronomer in hiding. OK, yeah. OK, cool. Astronomer in hiding versus a spy. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, we'll watch this and uh, spoil it all when we come back. I'll be sure and talk about that. We'll have things to talk about. It'll be great. Yes. It'll be great. Yes. It will be great, people, because here we are. We're ready to recap. This is Gus for you. Tell you all the ins and outs and spoil everything. This is your last warning, in case you couldn't tell. 
we're, that we're telling you what's happening. Yeah, we're go, we're going to tell you what's happening. Yeah. We're going to reveal as the well mystery here. As well as a here. few other things. As well, yeah, exactly. We'll tell you what yeah. happened. We'll tell you a few other things, and we'll tell you that right off the bat, we did haven't up to this point. We can say that we haven't spoiled anything because, of course, we were both completely wrong. We were. Oh my god! I have so to admit, far though, off. I really did think that you had it right with the spy. I really wanted them to go with the spy angle on this. I know. I know. And they didn't. I mean, I, let's let's be honest. I mean, we knew deep in our hearts that astronomers was not going to be the answer. I mean, I know you all were rooting for me, right. but deep in our hearts, we knew that astronomy was not going to be the answer. Yeah, no, unfortunately. That was another show. I will say, though, I'm very happy that today the James Webb Telescope did make it to its Lagrange point two. So there you oh. go. There's your little astronomy fact of the day. Thank you, Jacob. <laughs> So she wasn't a spy. She wasn't an astronomer. We're going to tell you who she was, what she did, and all those things in what's known as, I think, the best recap se- segment in the world. Great. I mean, that's that's what we've got right here. So anyways, so here we go. All right. So we come fresh out of the title sequence and back onto Chief Karen, who is going down. I don't know if you remember. She's going down to court. She has left Sean alone in the room to do his searching because she is needed in court. She's needed in court because it turns out she's a character witness for the trial of Woody, the coroner of this of this whole in the whole Scooby gang for a psych. He's on trial. They're putting him on trial for impersonating a doctor in the previous movie. Yeah. And he goes bonkers. Like he's trying on band uniforms. He's going to represent himself. All I could think of is A, it's a funny show, but B, this actor knew that this was his only scene. Yes. <laughs> yes. All out. Like, this is it. This is my only scene. I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to go straight out for it. So he does. He goes completely bonkers, and the chief has to kind of play the straight woman and hold it down. But at the very end of the scene, she, it means that she's upset and sad because she's going to miss out on camping with her family, yeah. or at least going right away. She's Maybe she'll go camping. She says she's going to meet up with them tomorrow. Anyways, but it's sad. There it is. She's bummed, but, you know, speaking of going all out and being crazy and Looney Tunes, over dinner, it gets, like, Sean won't won't be stopped. He's convinced that he needs to, like, convince Gus that Salonae is not who she says she is. So they're out at this fancy dinner. He steals her purse. He goes to the bathroom to try a little bit more about her, mm-hmm. and he and Gus have a huge fight in the bathroom. Epic. Gus comes in and he's like, Sean has been doing some weird forensics with hairspray and a candle and lighting yes. lips, like writing info with lipstick on the mirror. It's it's like something out of Penny Dreadful or <laughs> I, I was like, what is happening What here? is happening? What kind of weird, like he even says he invents some weird new kind of forensics from it. And yeah. it is... It's, is this a reference? It's got to be a reference to some other show right now. Like, I don't... It must be. Maybe... Um, is it some weird kind of CSI thing that we just missed in the last episode? All I know is like, I'm like, why are you writing lipstick on the mirror? Like they show like him... Is Prodigal dunk- Son or... <laughs> or like Evil or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Some American horror story. But like, he's writing lipstick on the mirror. He dumps out the, her purse... There's a notebook right there. There's a notebook and pen. It's like light lime green. You can't miss it. Just write in the notebook and tear out the... Why are you writing in... Oh, my... That's fine. That's fine. But that wasn't the wackiest thing in this fight. In this fight. Like, I don't don't know. I don't know why I'm going logic cop on this. The only thing that keeps this fight from turning into a Roadrunner cartoon (laughs) is the lack of an anvil. Oh, Everything else happens in this fight scene. It is one of the wackiest things I have ever seen humans accomplish. Yeah. There was a lot of sliding on the ground. There, there was, was sliding, sliding on the, up holes there in was, the ceiling. There, yeah, there was sliding on the, the ground, ceiling. pipes in the ceiling. There was like spraying hairspray called jizz yes. at one point in it. There was like this, like this, if, if Jackie Chan like yeah. couldn't throw a punch, couldn't kick, couldn't do any actual fighting, but yeah. still had to like create a fight scene. This is what would have done. Like the yeah. physical inventiveness and the craziness was just off the off the hooks. I loved yes. this fight. Yeah. And I was like, this has got to be, like, they're making fun of something. Well, they're making fun of every bathroom fight oh, yeah. scene ever. I did not realize there were so many. <laughs> How many are there? What do you mean? Like, I mean, there's, a, like, a number of articles that are, like, 10 best bathroom site, bathroom fight scenes, 9 best bathroom <laughs> fight scenes. So many. It's it's great. It's a great compilation and, like, perfect for their, like, friendship For their fight. friendship and their, per- like, th- this comedic take on it it's really great yeah, yeah. it's a great sequence 
And at the end of it, Gus reassures Sean that Sean will always be a part of his life, even with a kid. It takes a village and all that. And Sean, for his part, has managed to convince Gus that they should at least just drop in on Selene's sister. Gus has met Selene's sister in the past. Let's just drop in on the sister and make sure everything's on the up and up and put the whole issue to bed. And Gus is like, fine, whatever. So they do. Well, but hold on. Yes. The whole time that that fight is happening in the bathroom, the ladies, Selene and Juliet, are back at the restaurant table hearing from the waiter about the specials. Would you like to hear the specials? We love a special. Yeah, for sure. Well, we have a certified organic algae bowl served family style in a cast iron cauldron or for one, drenched in an edible sea sponge. And the first one, I was like, okay, that's gross it ends with some sort of something about a dunk of a sauerkraut gramble that comes with a side puddle of salt lake city fry sauce which is perfect for people who like to dunk things which is exactly when they flip back to the guys and sean's about to get dunked into the toilet right to get, yeah. which they just get gro- grosser and grosser but and weirder and weirder and i thought oh this is gonna be like cheap shot with the right. vegan joke okay. that like early on. So I was like unsuspecting when they finally started like building up into these other ones that I was like, that is absurd and hilarious and gross. So their final one, which I loved was very loose sauce. And we just put it on a flat plate. <laughs> <laughs> like what the F is that? <laughs> and gross. And the ladies are like, Hmm. Maybe. Maybe. That sounds like me. I can only, you know, I want to try new things at the fancy restaurant. (laughs) Anyways, we don't see what they order. But the next day, we do see that Gus and Sean go to visit Selene's sister, who immediately freaks out, denies everything, flees the scene. And there's a little car chase, a fun little car chase of them and their two little, like, micro cars. She's in this little Fiat, and she jumps the Fiat off a cliff. Like, she's yes. just, like, swerving all over the road. She just goes over a cliff in this Fiat. It's, like, it's the best car chase scene since Knight Rider jumped over the river in a demolition derby. Oh, I'm just saying. Oh, my God. <laughs> but the, sis- the sister's fine. Don't worry. But she's, like, down at the bottom of yeah, this ravine. Yeah, and they're, like, props for, like, that. You really got air. You really got some air on that. It looked really amazing. <laughs> but the sister is spooked. She divulges everything. She just, I don't know who Selene is. I don't is. know who Selene I don't, is. That's not even her name. That's not her name. I just, I, she pays me to pretend to be her sister. And now I'm scared about what's going to happen to her because something fully bad is going to happen. And they're like, oh, so you're an actress? And yes. <laughs> yes, yes. And then they a, say, there's a whole, oh, we, have we seen the, you in anything? There's a whole Peacock bit. And yeah, have we seen you in anything? And she's like, oh, well, have you heard of Peacock? What, what, is uh, that what a streamer? The, that's not real. That can't yeah, be real. Yeah, that's not real. There's so many streamers. And then like, <laughs> well, what about USA? And they're like, mm, not since 2014, 14, which, which is, is when their show ended on US, when Psych ended on USA. And then <laughs> Gus says, oh, except for some episodes of Suits, because he was on Suits. Right. <laughs> so just as we have confirmation that Selene isn't who she says she is, she actually takes initiative to come clean and she goes to Juliet at the police station says, look, I'm really sorry. I'm not who I say I am. And I'm afraid that I have put Gus and Sean into harm's way and danger. And I need to come clean. And so Juliet and Selene decide to find the only person who they think can help them, Karen, who is off camping. Time for the first segment of Things Only a California Logic Cop Cares About. <laughs> so... This takes place in San Francisco. They've been in San Francisco. They found this sister, theoretically, in the Bay Area. And they decide they're going to look into everything. And the very next scene, still daylight, same day, finds them in Santa Monica. Yes. They've somehow made this 300-mile car trip in record time. Nobody outside of California cares about this distance. But I do. I see you. (laughs) Anyways, they are. They're in Santa Monica to check out Selene's previous address, which... That was what Sean was writing in lipstick Mm -hmm. on the bathroom mirror. This, in order to get in to see the apartment, they have to don some disguises, which are pretty awesome. Jessica, why don't you tell us about the disguises? Right. (laughs) So (laughs) Gus decides to dress as Willie Tyler and Lester. Lester is, well, Willie Tyler is noted on the internet as one of the first black ventriloquists. And he's still alive. And Lester was his 
his dummy. His dummy. Yes. Yeah. And I want to say puppet. <laughs> and then you know ventriloquists like who's the dummy here and so there are so many great bits about him using his lips and um, <laughs> yes not yeah his lips are moving the entire, entire time, time he does this yeah. yes gus is a very bad ventriloquist but he's got the great suit and this fantastic oh luscious amazing mustache. mustache yeah and then sean is dressed as rob zombie and <laughs> and, and, and gus looks at him and says wow i that's... Did you know you looked like Rob Zombie? Rob Zombie? <laughs> John's like, I didn't until I put on the side belt. And then, yeah, it's really, it's really a thing. <laughs> and then he kind of like talks at, at him. And then they, of course, which I guess is a thing from the show, they do a slow walk. But the slow walk is cut off so short because the door, they're slow walking to where they need to, to, where go, the to go look at the apartment. The door is basically right there. So they get like two steps (laughs) into their slow walk and then they got to pull in. And they pull into the apartment, which brings me to my second California Logic Cop moment, which is as they're checking out the apartment, it has a refrigerator. It has a refrigerator. I'm like, take that apartment immediately. (laughs) (laughs) So true. This this isn't even a California Logic Cop moment. This is an LA Logic Cop moment. Yeah, it really is. For whatever reason, deep in the recesses of history... Apartment buildings in LA decided they didn't need to provide people with refrigerators. Yeah. Like if you want a fridge, you have to rent it yourself or yes. have your own. It's like, a thing. Who does this? It's been around. It's, it's bonkers. We have a dishwasher installed and a microwave installed in our apartment, but we still had to rent our refrigerator. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. And you know what? Bryn doesn't get it either. Bryn is the apartment manager's assistant who is showing Sean and Gus the apartment she totally accepts all their weird behavior, so everything's fine. Okay, I, I can see that I have offended you. I apologize. I am still learning basic social protocols. I was raised on an ashram. My mother was a tree. Okay, so Bryn is played by Kate Findlay, who is probably Canadian. Um, <laughs> okay. She went to, it said in her about no, section. No, 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 no. Her about section. Her, <laughs> her section on IMDb that she went to this grammar school in Vancouver. So I was like, I just think she's Canadian. Her background is Portuguese, Chinese, English, and Scottish. You will probably recognize her, or not actually, is the thing. She has wildly diverging characters in okay. her background, but you will probably recognize her from How to Get Away with Murder. Because oh. she played Rebecca Stutter or Sutter, who is the badass bartender neighbor of Wes oh, Gibbons, yeah. who is blamed, or mm-hmm. we think might right. be get blamed for the murder of the big inciting incident murder girl, yeah. girl in the first season. She was also in The Killing. And recently, you, maybe not you, but other folks may have spotted One. her in Gem and the Holograms. Wait, Gem and the Holograms? Yes. Oh my God, I love that. Yeah, she played Stormer in that. She was also in Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. She played Rose. She's not a regular on Nancy Drew, but she's done some episodes recently. She was in The Magicians. But this is where I'm talking about wildly divergent things because she, I mean, actors, you should, you know, stretch yourself. Chameleon. Yeah, be a chameleon. She was in The Carrie Diaries, which is Carrie Bradshaw in high school. Produced by Amy Harris, who produced <laughs> Sex and the City, okay, and she plays one of the char- one of the, like the four lead girls in that. And I mean, and she just you know just looks like a normal like girl in sure. the '80s. And they're all all the characters are like so '80s. It's very CW, and I was just like, whoa, 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 <laughs> like so different. Oh my <laughs> gosh. So yeah, she's she's a lot of fun, and so it's great to have her on this show. So all this weird stuff they're doing in the apartment, the w- she's totally accepting of, which you know is great because sometimes weird things happen in apartments when you're apartment hunting. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> well, what do you mean, Jacob? Please do tell. The weirdest thing, the weirdest thing I've ever done in an apartment when uh-huh. I was looking for an apartment was I was doing the artist's way one time. Yeah. And I was, there's a week in, have you ever, have you done the artist's way yeah. all the way through? Yeah. There's a week in the artist's way when you're not supposed to read anything. You're just, you're just literally not supposed to read anything at okay. all. And so this was the week that I wasn't supposed to read anything. And you know me, I'm, I'm like an A plus student. I follow directions <laughs> yes. and I was like, I'm not reading anything, which means I can't read the apartment application. <laughs> <gasps> 
So, oh so I was with a friend and I had her read me the apartment application and I told her the answers and she wrote out the apartment application <gasps> for me. You are so weird. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that takes the cake. So yes, that is, that is the weirdest thing I've ever done while apartment hunting. That's fabulous. What a great story. Thank you. But anyways, yes, they do weird things and their weirdness pays off when they find a patch in the ceiling. They punch through it and they find a metal box. Inside the metal box are several fake driver's licenses and a gun with its serial numbers filed down, but incompletely. You can still get some serial numbers off of them. Bryn also explains that Selene and her husband didn't give any notice when they left. And she then gives one of the best lines in all of TV history for this Cleveland fan. She says, they left under the cover of darkness like the old Cleveland Browns. <laughs> and we literally yelped when we heard that. We were like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Thank you, Psych. Thank you, Psych. A show which gets my pain you as a Cleveland like, fan. like, I feel seen. Thank you. <laughs> Selene, meanwhile, and Juliet have found Karen, and Selene is spilling her guts. And this is where we found out that neither of us were right. This yes. is the scene where they talk about what she was. She was not an international spy or an astronomer in hiding. She was she was just an insurance investigator. And she uncovered fraud and they became uh, whistleblowers. They did. They became whistleblowers. So she met her husband, whose name we learn is Alan Decker. She met her husband when she was investigating this fraud. He was a private security officer. They were both investigating this and it turned into this big, great, big drug smuggling, gun trading cartel leader at this microbrewery up north. They literally had a smoking gun and he got away with it and he was hunting them to kill them both. They got caught up in the heat of the moment, fell in love, and they got married quickly. So that is the husband. That is why she doesn't know how to get a hold of him. That is why she can't get divorced from him. But Selene is definitely totally in love with Gus and just wants to put the past behind her. Unfortunately, Gus and Sean find out at this moment that Alan is definitely still in love with Selene. He's Alan become... is the husband. Alan is the husband. Yes, Alan is the husband. And he still really wants to take down this cartel guy. And he's still in love with Selene. And he, Alan, when Sean and Gus are talking to him, Alan finds the explosive gender reveal device, which if you think back to the beginning of the show, this was in the teaser, all of the tasks that Gus was doing, one of them was picking up the gender reveal device that was going to explode and reveal the gender of their baby. Alan finds explosive gender reveal device and accepts the fact that Selene loves Gus. Alan agrees to let Selene go if Gus and Sean help him bring down the bad guy. He's got a plan, and they head off to the brewery. Henry, meanwhile, has helped Lassie accept not being a cop anymore. Lassie helps him find the serial number on the gun. Henry gives this info to the ladies, and we're all on the way to the brewery for the climax. And I just want to say that never have I ever climaxed in a brewery. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. Thanks for um, I appreciate that. Okay, there's a lot of convoluted things that happen at this point. I'm going to kind of gloss over them all. It's very hilarious. But I will say that as Sean and Gus are sneaking past security into the brewery, Sean comments once again that Gus's gender reveal device is showing. And now this is officially a thing. This yeah. is, we can now add Chekhov's exploding gender reveal device yes. to the list of plot tropes. Because <laughs> yeah. you know something is going to happen here. At the brewery, the gents split up. Gus and Sean go to cut the electricity so that Alan can sneak into the sneak into the office and steal the evidence he needs from the safe once the power to the safe is cut. It's very shades of Die Hard in there. But that's not the only pop culture sequences they're referencing here. Jessica... Do a little deep dive into all the different stuff that they're referencing right through here. Yeah, so Gus and Sean are, they are supposed to be just walking through the brewery. Delivering kegs, some kegs, Delivering yeah. kegs. They are wearing uniforms, and one of them is labeled Buck, and the other one is labeled Wilson. And then the, when they're trying to figure out what to do when the power goes out, uh, and they... The security forces are security teaming forces, all around them. Yeah, and they're like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? And they're like, Winter Soldier. And they go back to back and they pose and they do a couple poses. And then you realize, oh, Buck and Wilson, it's the Winter Soldier characters, yes. LOLs. Earlier, you know, they're always introducing right, each other. Right, they're always introducing each other's names. So 
Sean is introducing Gus and he calls him Black Jack Arnold. And I was like, okay, that's the thing. That's it. That's somebody. Who is that? And it is Jack Arnold is the father in the new reboot of The Wonder Years. The father is played by Dulé Hill in the reboot of Wonder Years. So he is literally calling him Black Jack Arnold and he is literally playing Black Jack Arnold. Right. (laughs) The Wonder Years. I love it. <laughs> Side note, Alan Maldonado, who plays Alan Decker, the husband of Selene, yes. is also on The Wonder Years. What? The new one? Yes. <laughs> he plays a coach. And one of the recurring regular characters opposite Dulé Hill and mm-hmm. the rest of the cast. He's also on Blackish. He's a really great character in Blackish, a lot of fun. And he is also starring opposite Tracy Morgan in The Last OG, if you watch that. Oh. He was on You're the Worst. He was also in The Equalizer with Denzel Washington. He was in Cake with Jennifer Aniston. He was in the biopic Straight Outta Compton. And he was in the Marvel Studio short film All Hail the King. Cross fingers, maybe something bigger will come out of that for him. He's phenomenal. Out of the gate at age 21, this L.A.-born actor landed a year-long role on Young and the Restless. Oh, good for him. we're going to get to another character in the show, <laughs> or another actor in the show, who was also on the Young and the Restless. He's an entrepreneur. He has his own record company. He has a t-shirt line. He has a production company. And his pr- proceeds go to a youth arts foundation called Demo Nerds, a foundation that provides free acting classes, tools, and services to at-risk youth artists and foster children in the inner cities of Los Angeles. Fantastic guy and hilarious. Yeah, he was really great. Please go on about him. He is hilarious. If I didn't have to absolutely do this, I wouldn't. But wow, does the two of you guys being here tie up a lot of loose ends for me. So they've cut the power. The brewery has gone dark. The ladies are all outside, Chief Kate, Juliet, and Selene, waiting for backup to arrive. When they see the power go out and they're like, oh no, this is bad. Let's go in and secure the perimeter. Juliet and Kate go in and they leave Selene in the car, but she's like, I'm not going to stay in the car. What's, are you talking, what are you talking about? So everybody is now roaming around this brewery in the dark. As they are roaming around the brewery, Sean and Gus accidentally stumble into the bad guy's office. They're like, oh no, this is it. This is the bad guy. He's a cartel leader. He's a drug smuggler. He's a gun trader and he's dead. He shot right through the shot forehead. Shot right through the forehead. Oh no, what now? Alan comes out from hiding and says this was his plan all along. He was going to kill the bad guy and blame it on Sean and Gus. Then go find Selene and they were going to live happily ever after because he was just still in love with her. As all of this is happening, the very, very pregnant Selene stumbles in on the room just in time to hear Alan say that they were never actually married. Turns out the minister for their wedding was just his cousin pretending to be a minister. They were never actually married. The wedding was a sham. Still, he's got a gun pointed at Gus and Sean, and Selene loves Gus. So Selene offers to run away with Alan as long as he just doesn't shoot Gus and Sean. At first, he says he's going to do it, but then, of course, he turns around and tries to shoot them. But at this moment, this is when Gus throws the gender reveal device at Alan. It explodes. There's blue smoke. It distracts Alan. (laughs) Gus hits him in the head with his ventriloquist dummy, knocks him unconscious, and then everybody immediately celebrates because they're going to have a boy. (laughs) (laughs) And when I say they're going to have a boy, I mean they're going to have a boy like immediately. Yes. Selene is very, very, like she's not even very pregnant anymore. She is full on giving birth and everybody, she goes into labor. The rest of the film is her very hilariously giving birth. And at the same time, they have to get married before she gives birth because that was Gus's main point to this whole thing. They needed to be married before she gave birth. So the baby was born into a married couple. (laughs) So they teleconference in a priest and what the guy, what's the guy's name from AHA? Kurt somebody. Curtis Smith. Kurt Smith. Sure. They teleconference in Kurt Smith and a priest so that they could get married and Jessica, I know you have things to say about this. Ray Wise is his name, and he is playing the priest. And it's hilarious because he is apparently, according to Sean, is really known for his exorcisms. And in fact, today <laughs> he has an exorcism. He had one scheduled, but it canceled, it so they can, can pencil him in. So he can pencil in this wedding. But 
I, and okay, so then they go for the joke where he's he accidentally starts to do the exorcism instead of the wedding. Like he goes off script <laughs> in his mass. And I was like, ah, ha, ha, that ha, ha, ha joke. But it just kept getting funnier kept and building. funny. And it kept building. I mean, props. Like great script, great acting. That guy is fantastic. He has, he has other background, of course, on Twin Peaks and lots of comedy mm. and just a lot of, I mean, everything else you could possibly imagine on TV, including 91 episodes of The Young and the Restless. Oh, okay. There's The Young and the Restless. With Alan yeah. Maldonado. Father, you're slipping back into that Latin. Well, this is way harder than it looks. <laughs> My bad. Upside. The baby's going to be relatively demon-free. Okay, speed it up, Padre. Yes, ma'am. You, you have prepared some vows? Skip them. That scene is fantastic. It's, it's, and it's a birthing scene. Uh, like, you think back on, like, 90s television shows, and there's always, like, a birth. Yes. And Everybody's always getting caught in an elevator or, yes. like, in the car or delivering in some weird place. And they're running around, like, hot water, hot water. Yes. Towels, towels, towels. And, <laughs> oh, the goo. And so, yeah, they totally went for it, and they they did it on their show. They absolutely did. As well did. as a bathroom fight. They had a <laughs> they birth. Had a birth. Apparently, it, it took so two great. days to shoot. <gasps> no way. Yeah, apparently that scene was so bonkers. It was it a took, long. It was a long scene. They shot the people separately. They shot everybody on the computer screen or teleconference in. Obviously, they did that separately. Oh, sure. So, anyways, it was a great scene. Great, yeah. But they cut away, and they don't tell you the name of the son. Yes, they don't. It was so... Why? Why would so, they do that? So, we're going to be putting our best guesses in the Instagrams. Check oh, us well, out wait. Sure. Yes, yeah, put that in Instagram for sure. But also, the other thing that happens while they're giving birth. Yes. The best, come on, son. <laughs> yes, that's <laughs> of right. Of the entire show. Yes, totally new meaning on this. This yes. is like his, as his it's, son is being yeah, born. Gus, Gus is, is leaning like... over and leaning over, and Sean's like not supposed to be looking at uh, Selene's goods. There's a blanket over it, but he's supposed to be catching the baby. As if the baby's going to slide out. Right. Who knows? Maybe that does happen. And, <laughs> I think that's uh, called giving birth. Yes, I think that's what happens. Well, like, she's, she's horizontal. <laughs> like, it's not like the baby's going to shoot out across Yeah, you're right. The, the baby's not couch. going to shoot out as if it is. <laughs> but, but yes, but Gus does encourage the child to come out. As she's giving, you know, the uh, who, who. Okay. Push, 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 pull, push, pull, push, pull. Push. Come on, son. We haven't talked about Selene, the actress. Oh, yes. Please tell us about Selene. Yasmin Simon is a San Francisco born actress. And she's known for Ballers, Raising Dion, and Lockdown. And obviously this, Psych, she was introduced Mm -hmm. in the first movie of Psych and also reprised in the second movie. And now here in the third, she's giving birth. She is married to Dulé Hill. Oh. And they have a child together that he has probably stood over her and been like, come on, son. <laughs> <laughs> she is also the author of a children's book called Most Perfect You, which aims to remind children that they are intended and that they are on purpose and that they don't have to look like everybody else and that somebody loves them and picks them. It's so sweet. Aww, it's really lovely. It came, it came about... Because she has a, a child from another coupling, and th- the child was saying that she was not feeling good about herself and the way that she looked, and and so she was like, "Oh no, no, no! Please don't feel like that." And mm-hmm. I I choose you, and I love all the parts about you, everything about you, and I absolutely picked you and love you. And so she wanted other children to know that as well. Super Aww. sweet. That's and lovely. she met Dulé Hill on Ballers. Okay, so there are so many, you know, funny recurring jokes in the show. Yeah, there's like the whole pineapple thing pineapple. and the come on Did song. you spot the pineapple? Well, the pineapple on this one, it was at the end of the, it was in like the, oh, the it was Christmas in the Christmas tree. tree. Yeah. Oh my God, we didn't talk about this. Yes. One of the running jokes through the show is that Kurt Smith of AHA. Tears for Fears. Tears for Fears. Yes, yeah, sorry. Kurt Smith of Tears for Fears is trying to get a gig as a guitarist in a new reboot of Wham!, only they're not calling it Wham, they're calling it Wham. And so the very end of the show With is... With no exclamation no point exclamation and, point, and, 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 a, a, and no W. And no, no W or no H. I thought it was going to be Ham. Who knows? It <laughs> might have been. Anyway, so they end, the, they end the movie with a parody of Last Christmas. Only it's they don't say Last Christmas, so they don't infringe on anything. It's Last Holiday. Well, okay. Also, like the biggest trend of this Last Christmas... 
Yes. Of our last Christmas. Sure, Whamageddon. Uh, was Whamageddon. I mean, it, it originated years ago, yeah. right? Yeah, we just but heard about I it because we were late to the party. We were yeah. late to the party, but I think it like became explosively popular here in 2021. Okay. Yeah. Another thing that they do is they always say, suck it. Do they? Yes, in every episode, there's some sort of fight. Like you suck it. And Don't then, be a, and then you suck it. Oh yeah, there is totally a suck it in there. I want to say, I want to say to you in the nicest way, suck it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. That's how we will end this week. To all of our dear listeners, suck, suck it. it. <laughs> See us next time. Hey everybody, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. And now we want to hear from you. Tell us your guesses, your scores, your insider info, and your suggestions for what shows we should watch next. Follow us and join the fun on Twitter at Whodunit or on Instagram and Facebook at Whodunit Podcast. Rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts to help get the word out. Because watching TV is always, always better, better with, with friends. Check on the microphone. This is me on the microphone. I'm singing a song and I'm all alone, but I'm not because Jess is on the microphone. <laughs> That's a great song. <laughs>